Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. Without any further ado, would you warmly welcome with applause Pastor Amy this morning as she brings the word. Thank you. Thank you. That was sweet. Weird, but it got better. (laughs) Uh, I do love you. Love our church family. Love looking out and seeing new faces. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. Um, If you've been here many times or if this is your first time, we know that there's community and connection for you at Generations Church. And if you if you are looking to find out more about God or find out more about that life, maybe you've seen in someone else or maybe that you know there's something missing, we know that the Lord meets us here every week and this is a great place to be. Let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for who you are, that you are everything we need you to be when we need you to be it. You're a Father that loves us. You provide for us. Um, And you're with us. You're not just a big old guy up in the heavens. You're with us right now and as we go. And so I pray that we would feel and know your presence today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so this morning I have have, um, this message that I feel like it was exciting me as I was reading through the book of Acts the last number of weeks. But the word that kept going through my mind was, you can do it. And I can't do that very well. That's like, what's his name? Uh, Rob Schneider in Adam Sandler movies. I can't do it. So you guys do it. I'll count three. One, two, three. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I decided to call the message today. So just put that in your mind, have that, that voice um, as we talk about some of the things. So here we are, we're still in the middle of COVID-19, and I think it's fair to say that it's affecting us, affecting different people differently. There's still this certain sense of fear for some of you, for some people. There's maybe an escalated sense of irritation for some people, like we just want to be done this. We're not loving it and everything that it's brought for change. Maybe we're just exhausted. I know for me, sometimes I'm exhausted thinking about what's going to change, what's going to happen, We can hardly plan ahead for the fall because we just don't know. Is everything going to change in a moment? Is it going to go back to the way it was, right? We're just kind of in the middle of it. So it's weird. Um, You know, maybe some of you, you are looking forward to the fall because you've just, you're done. Like, we don't need summer vacation. Let's send the kids back to school. I need a holiday. Um, For us, that's not how we feel because we love when our farm helpers are around. I mean, we just have to do less work if the four kids are home. So can they have sleepovers? No. Can they go on holidays with their grandparents? No, no, they have to stay home. There's too much, too much we don't want to do. I'm just kidding. You know, maybe, maybe some people financially, they don't want this to end because they're making more money than they were before. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but there's financial pressure that comes. There's relational stress. Sometimes there's troubles that come. Um, people have experienced a sudden slowdown. So all of a sudden, it's like they're refiguring out their family again, reevaluating their identity, who they are, maybe because some things aren't, uh, they're not able to participate in them anymore. Their family schedule has changed. And so there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff that people are navigating, and there can be a lot of pressure. 
And you know, I've heard it said that we really haven't experienced pressure. We haven't experienced hard times in North America since the Great Depression. I don't know if you, if you would agree with that, but the nation as a whole hasn't really gone through hard things. But I do believe that right now, in these times, under pressure, it's, it's a great open door for the message of Jesus, for the gospel to be shared, and for people to receive and be open to the good news of Jesus Christ. So what do we need to do to see people come to Christ? And so um, if you want to read in the next few weeks in the book of Acts, it's just so encouraging, I think, to see the things that, that um, people were doing for the Lord. You remember a couple weeks ago, we were talking about two guys, Paul and Silas. They were so convinced about Jesus that they were going all over talking about him. And even being thrown in jail didn't stop them from wanting to talk about Jesus and make disciples. So one of the the first points I want to make this morning is I believe that if we want to see people come into a relationship with Jesus, we need to be convinced that we are called and commanded to make disciples. Like, I don't think most of us are actually convinced. I don't think we think we can do it. I don't think we think we have to do it. So we must be convinced. It seems like, you know, some Christians, they want to tell people about Jesus or they, you know, they want have you ever led anyone to the Lord? Uh, no. <laughs> There's this awkward sense of like, uh, I don't know. I know I should. I don't want to. And then, and then we make it all weird, like as if it's this one moment that we're just going to say the right thing, and then it's just going to happen. But I want to talk about making disciples and what the gospel is, because I don't think we're convinced that we should tell people about Jesus. I don't think that we're convinced that we should make disciples. So we, we probably, you know, we don't even know the gospel. A lot of us sit in church, we hear it, maybe we, we read, we listen to podcasts. But if you were asked to sit down with someone who doesn't know Jesus and they were having a hard time in, your family, in their family or their marriage, how would you lead them in a conversation to the Lord? How would you point them to Jesus? We don't always know that because we we forget what the gospel is. And it's good news. It's that God became a man. He came to earth. He became a man in Jesus Christ. And he lived the life we couldn't live. He died the death we didn't have to. And we should have. Three days later, he rose again, rose from the grave, proving he was God. And he offers us forgiveness of sin and eternal life to all who repent. It's complicated, but it's not a repeat after me thing. It's that, that's what it is. God sent Jesus for us. Now, I think when some people would be asked, well, what, what is the gospel? What's the good news? Um, it's that God is love. I just get a good feeling when I read the Bible. I just really like how I feel when I go to church. Or it's hard to put into words. Well, aren't you glad that God didn't just say, um, it's really hard to put into words, guys. No, it was pretty simple. Believe in Jesus, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that he's Lord. That's what we have to do to be saved. Now, with all of that, there's more to life than just being saved. 
There's more to life than just being saved from an eternity without him and going into heaven. There's fullness of life while we're on the earth. In Matthew 28, verse 19, you'll know the Great Commission. Now go in my authority and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That word um, for disciple in the Greek, it means helping someone to progressively learn the word, to become a matured, growing disciple, literally a learner, a true Christ follower, to train, develop in the truths of scripture and the lifestyle required. Helping a believer learn to be a disciple of Christ in belief and practice. So it's this process, right? It's not this one moment. It's not one conversation that we're going to have with people. It's living and walking with people, helping them progressively learn about the word. It didn't, everything I know about the Bible right now today didn't come to me the first day, the first moment that I accepted Christ in my life. I had people around me. I had doctrine taught to me. And I slowly became a disciple of Christ, someone that, that has, you know, the fruit of the Spirit in their life, someone that resembles some of the things that, that Jesus said we could resemble. So if you've ever wondered what your purpose is or what you're called to, if you've ever wondered if you are supposed to help people build a relationship with Christ, I just want to say, look no further. Like, that that verse is all the clarity you need. And I know personally, if I ever have a lack of clarity, it just paralyzes me. Like, I don't want to do something wrong. I don't want to say something wrong. I don't want to do something that someone doesn't approve of. And I know Travis has mentioned he's had a a coach helping him in life. And for the last, last number of weeks, I have also had a coach. And one of the things I've learned is when I'm responsible for something, when I've been given an area of responsibility, I also am empowered. I'm empowered to make decisions. I don't have to ask 25 people first if I should do something, which maybe is my tendency. And and I always want to bug Travis, like, I'm really thinking we should have hamburgers for supper, but like, what do you think? (laughs) He's like, I just want to eat supper, and I do not want to have to have this conversation with you. But... Um, when, when I'm empowered to make decisions in the area that I'm responsible, I feel, I feel more confident. I feel more convinced that I can do it. Okay, they've trusted it to me. They've given it to me. I can do it. Maybe I need some help. Maybe I need to learn, but I can do it. And so what do I want you to remember this morning? You can do it. Don't make me say it into the microphone. It's going to be weird for me. You guys say it. Say it better next time. Okay. So, we have been empowered to let people know that Jesus Christ is the way, the way, the truth, and the life. And so, when someone begins talking to you about a different way, about a different way, you are empowered to tell them that there is only one way. You're empowered to do that. You don't have to go to Bible school to do that. You don't have to take a billion university courses to do that. You are empowered to tell people and point people to Jesus, that he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. 
You don't have to stand in front of a church with a microphone in your hand to be able to do that. You get to go about your day, about your journey, and in relationship with other people, and you're empowered to make disciples. So it's, it's when you're going to the mall, it's when you're going to get groceries, it's when you're visiting at a family gathering, it's when you're at a barbecue that you are empowered to tell people about Jesus. They need to hear the gospel. They need to know. They need to know that God sent Jesus. And you don't have to be weird about it. You get to be you. And your going doesn't mean that, well, we can't hop on any planes right now and, you know, go to the nations. No, it's about going as you go on your way. So actually the way that word is translated, um, it's, it's kind of like a wife. It is about going, not just like it's a participle. Anyways, I'm not good at all that, but it's about going. So, you know, I wouldn't just say to Travis, hey, could you go out of your way and go to Safeway on the way home unless I really needed something, right? But it's more like, since you're going to Safeway anyway, could you grab some buns for tonight? And that word going, it doesn't mean just when you go on a special occasion, it means as you're going, as you're doing the things you do, make disciples. So as you have someone over for dinner, as you visit with your neighbors, you don't have to be weird. It's not going to happen in a moment. We'll talk about that later. Um, you get to just go about and make disciples. But I think somehow we're still not convinced that it's us. And I just want us to be convinced that when we meet people who don't know Jesus or they're far from Jesus or they've met Jesus, we get to walk with them and help them be a learner, help them become someone who knows the word. You know, how am I going to do that? Well, I'm going to have to read the word a little bit. Otherwise, I'm just, they're going to be leading me pretty soon. You know, it's kind of like your kids. You have to stay a few steps ahead of them, especially when they're teenagers, so that you can, you can be leading them. Well, I'm going to have to keep reading my Bible. I'm going to have to keep learning. I'm going to have to keep hanging out with other Christians that are mature and know him. I have to be convinced, and you have to be convinced that you can do it, that it's, it's something that God has empowered us to do. So it's not about a job position. He didn't just say like, okay, and now some of you will be a disciple, and your paycheck and your position will be with the title of pastor so that every week you only have to work one hour each Sunday. He didn't say... You know, it's just about your job or your employment. He said, we can go and make disciples. He tells us to, and it's about going and being in relationship with people. So if you're anything like me, it's kind of scary sometimes. Like, I'm, I'm not really loving that job all the time, to be honest. I don't necessarily want to put myself out there. I don't want to have, have to experience rejection. I'm a little bit scared because what if I don't know enough? What if they ask me a question that I don't know the answer to? I'm a little bit shy. I don't, I don't really want to have to tell you things about myself. I'd rather keep it private. Um, what if I say the wrong thing? Do I, do I even, like, is my doctrine even right? I don't know. You know, I, all these things run through my mind, and I want to say, like, ah, I can't. But we need to be convinced that it's our job number one. And then number two, we need to be full of courage. 
We need courage. In Acts chapter 4, Peter and John, they're teaching people about Jesus and that he had risen from the dead. And lots of people were believing. The Bible says many were believing. So some religious leaders weren't super happy about that. They didn't like that new message that Jesus was God, that he had risen from the dead. And they began questioning them. And in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, it says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you're unschooled. Maybe you feel ordinary. But right in the end, these men had been with Jesus. So why don't we have courage to be someone who spends time with Jesus? You know, what if we spend time with Jesus and because of that we can help other people? Because we spend time with Jesus and we spend time with other people, we can help them. We can help them learn more about God. We can help them learn more about the word, more about having a full life. God's presence fills us with courage. And it's not because we're special, and it's not because of our education. It's because we've been with Jesus. And I know that you can do that. I know that God draws near to us when we draw near to him. I know that he speaks to us. We have to learn how to hear his voice, but he will meet with us. And your life will never be the same if you make that a practice. If you make it a practice to spend time with Jesus, maybe your first 15 minutes of the day, you're going to read the word for five minutes. You're going to pray for five minutes. You're going to worship for five minutes. You will be filled with courage and people will know that you've been with Jesus. Now, just as a side note, in my life, one of the best ways that I can say I've ever been filled with courage is being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I'm not going to hang out on that this morning, but in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you probably know that verse, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. If you want boldness, if you want courage, ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill you. I've never been the same since the Holy Spirit came and filled me with power and filled me with boldness. And I know that he'll do the same for you. And you can ask him. He, there is nothing like you, like it, than when the Holy Spirit is moving through you. So I want to just leave that with you for today because I want to talk about the more practical ways um, just something that kind of clued into my mind one day about sharing Jesus with others. Um, it was just one thought. I don't even remember where, you know, someone was talking to me about it, but, but it was a realization that like, okay, it's not my job to make sure that everybody accepts Jesus. It's not my job. It was like pressure lifted off. And I want that pressure to lift off of you today. If we can understand, it's not our job to make sure that every single person accepts Jesus and decides to become a follower of him. It's just my job to simply throw some seed, right? The Bible talks about throwing seed. And some people are going to seed and some people are going to water. And maybe a few times in my life, I've got, I've got to harvest you know, maybe even seeds that I hadn't thrown myself. I've got to lead people to Jesus because they were just ready. But if the pressure comes off, then I don't have to be weird. 
when the open door is there to talk about Jesus, I don't have to automatically turn it into, um, okay, so now that we've heard about Jesus Christ, the Lord, let's say uh, this prayer. You may just repeat after me, dear Jesus, forgive me of all my sins and please come into my heart. I always had a hard time reconciling like, okay, we're having a good conversation and I don't know how to I don't know how to close the deal. I don't know how to seal the deal. But what I want to say is sometimes you get to have conversations like that. And you don't have to be weird. You can just be you. And other times you're going to have closed doors. But there is no pressure on you. It might just be that your conversation moves someone from a minus 10 on the scale of following Jesus to a minus 8. You know, maybe you're going to move someone from a minus 3 to a plus 2. You don't know. It's okay. It's not on you. We're just supposed to throw some seed. And so we don't have to worry about all of, all of our conversational skills or biblical knowledge. If we're spending time with Jesus, we're going to be able to walk with people. So I began to understand that it wasn't my job, and it just took some pressure off of me. So I was able to share... Um, the story about Jesus when I had the opportunity. And I think, I think we need to understand this morning, we host the presence of the living God. If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says he comes and he dwells in us. He lives in us. So everywhere I go, I am bringing God's presence. Everywhere I go. I've been with Jesus wherever I go. They're going to experience the presence of God. And so I think the church for so long, not our church, has made discipleship about a program. You know, you want your friend to know more about Jesus, so you're going to bring him to church and plop him in an eight-week course. No. The presence of the living God lives in you. And so God's presence goes with you wherever you go. So you are the program. You're the program because you host the presence of the living God. And because I'm convinced that I'm supposed to make disciples, I look for open doors. So my flight gets changed. My seating arrangement gets changed. I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't want to talk about you today. What? <laughs> Just kidding. I'm always like, Lord, who do you have for me to talk to today? <laughs> like, I just wanted to read my book and have a good nap right now. Sure enough, because I'm looking for open doors, like, okay, what do you have here, Lord? Wherever I go, do you have someone that needs to hear from you today? If anybody needs you, let me be the one. Let me be the one to bring good news. Because I'm convinced and I'm filled with courage, I believe that the Lord has opened doors for me, ridiculous doors sometimes, that I get to sit down and have conversations that I just wouldn't even be prepared for. Um, you know, on an airplane, more than once I've had to talk about um, someone just asking me, tell me about Jesus, because I'm spiritual, but I don't know about Jesus. Tell me about him. One day I was sitting at a pool. It was wonderful. We were on a bit of a retreat. I didn't have kids with me, and I was just so ready for my book and a nap. These two girls sit down, and they were just so lovely. They started talking, and it turns out the one girl's boyfriend was a Jesus follower. So she had started going to church, and she was telling me about it, and she, she said, you know what? You guys are with that conference. You're with the pastor's conference. Everybody I've met has just been so lovely. There's something different about them. There's something so kind about them. Would you tell me about Jesus? Because I've only been to church a couple times. 
Like, tell me about how he died and what that means to me. And I'm like, is this actually happening? Like, are you kidding me? This just feels so easy. And so I got to take her through the salvation story. And there was no weird ending at the moment. You know, I just sort of transitioned into, if you want to know more about him, if you want to accept him into your life, this is what you have to do. I can pray with you if you'd like, but I hope you keep going to your husband's church and I, or your boyfriend's church, and I hope they tell you all about Jesus. And that was it. But, you know, I just moved her a little bit closer to Jesus. The pressure was off of me. So we can be filled with courage. As, as I was reading in Acts chapter 17, um, Paul and Silas were also convinced that Jesus was the way, so they were willing to, to go to all sorts of lengths to share. And there's, if you read in Acts, there's this pattern. Sometimes there's this initial acceptance of the gospel, and then there's this strong opposition. There's this resistance. And that's why it takes courage to make disciples, because sometimes you'll experience acceptance, of your message, even of yourself, sometimes you will experience rejection. And so we can't measure our mission. We can't measure our success just based on whether or not someone accepts the message. It's not on us. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15, it says, our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. And who is adequate for such a task as this? Some people will think you smell like death. Like they just don't want it. They don't want to be anywhere near you. It's okay. I've had conversations um, one of the most awkward ones with, with, was with a new hairdresser that I, I had gone to, and she had asked me some very pointed questions, like, you're a pastor of a church, and the, the facial expressions and the tone of voice, it just kept going, like, down deeper and deeper. Well, why would you want to do that? And then I answer weirdly, like, well, God spoke to me. <laughs> so you hear voices? Uh, no. Um, once I was dying, I just, I just went anywhere I could go. The Lord spoke to me. I was drowning in an ocean, and I heard his voice. So, yeah, I heard a voice. I don't usually hear voices. I mean, I just, she was not impressed with me, but it's okay. It's not up to me. The pressure's not on me, right? So some friends from high school think I'm crazy. Some are interested in what my life has where my life has gone and, and a relationship with the Lord. In Acts chapter 17, Paul's in Thessalonica and he's spending time with people. He's explaining the scriptures. He's proving that Jesus is who he says he is, that he suffered and he died and he rose again. So in verse 2, it says, Paul went into the synagogue and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them, explaining and proving he was the Messiah Verse 4, some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and, a few, and quite a few prominent women. Some of them received the gospel. Some of them are open to the message. Then he goes on to Berea. 
In verse 11 and 12, now these men were of more noble, noble character than those in Thessalonica. They received the message with great eagerness, examined the scriptures every day. See, people who are wanting to follow Jesus begin opening up the scriptures and begin learning more about him. That's something we have to do. If we're going to be a disciple of Jesus, we're going to have to learn more. As a result, many of them believed. After that, he ends up in Athens. city is full of idols. And so he's spending time with them. It's a hard place. He's trying to convince them about Jesus. Again, not everyone is going to be receptive to the gospel. It's not always easy. We need courage. It needs to not be about our self-identity, whether or not someone wants to listen to the gospel. In verse 32, when they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered. Others said, we want to hear you again on this subject. He was filled with courage, sharing the gospel, and some of them sneered. Sometimes people are not going to be impressed with your decision to follow Jesus. And so you can't worry about being liked by people. People will sneer at what you have to say. We have to be secure about who we are in Christ so secure, so full of courage that we're willing to be rejected. Not everybody will like the message. So this morning, I want to encourage you to be courageous. Take a conversation deeper. Take a conversation to a place of truth. We're not called to make people feel better about their lives. We're called to give them life. We're not called to make people feel better about their lives. We're called to give them life. So are you willing to go there when they say, well, this is how I do it. This is the way I see truth. Well, actually, if you're interested, would you mind, you know, can I tell you a little bit about what Jesus has done in my life? Can I tell you what the Bible says about that? Some of them will accept Christ, some won't. Some will be ready, some won't. But Be courageous and trust God with the outcome. Just on my last point, we need to be committed to the process. Have you ever noticed that discipleship takes time and relationship takes time over time? Because discipleship is all about relationship. It takes time. We spend time with Jesus, we become more like him. We spend time with people, who've been with Jesus, we become more like them and more like Jesus. People spend time with us, they should become more like Jesus. Jesus didn't have a formal set of classes. He didn't leave us with a manual and say, just take people through this, guys, and everything should be good for them. No, we walk with people. We walk through hard things. We have to be willing to go on a journey with people. So I want to leave you with these verses. Chapter 11, verse 26. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Other people called them Christians because they looked like little Christ. They began to know him, but for a whole year, they were with them. 1811, so Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half teaching them the word of God. Verse 8 to 10 of chapter 19, Paul entered the synagogue. He spoke boldly there for three months. Verse 10, this went on for two years so that they all heard the word of the Lord. 
verse 23 of, of chapter 18, after spending some time, and I want us to understand that it takes time. We have to invest time and be willing to give time, but commit to the process. So when we spend time, there will be a lot of meals. There will be a lot of listening. There will be a lot of conversation, a lot of encouraging, a lot of time spent together, some time reading the word together, talking about the word, a lot of time praying together. Some people will accept it, some people won't. Let's be convinced, be full of courage, and be committed to the process that it takes time. I want to pray with us this morning, with us, with you. <laughs> um, maybe, you're, maybe you're here today or you're listening today and you're not a disciple of Jesus Christ yet. Today can be your day. You can make Jesus the Lord of your life, the boss of your life. We simply have to believe in him and he died for us confess with our mouth, and then we need to walk with people. We need to do the next thing. We need to be with people. You can do that today. There's people that will pray with you online or here. And if you're not convinced that you can do it, let God convince you today. Let him fill you with courage. If you're afraid to share the gospel, if you're hiding behind what people will think of you or your insecurities, what you do or don't know, let those things fall to the side today. Ask the Lord to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And finally, just commit to the process. It takes time. So don't give up on yourself. Don't give up if you've had one conversation. People that God has placed in your life, in your coming and going, you can do it. You're empowered. God has said, you do this. So let's pray together. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would speak to each one of us about what we've just heard. And just in the quiet, you can say to yourself, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What do you want me to do with what I've just heard? Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Begin to talk to him and ask for what you might need. Pray that the word would be alive today in our hearts. Bless each person as they go. Help them to make disciples as they go. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.